welcome back. This is the Leading Tomorrow podcast, and I am your host, Denise Hummel. And my guest today is Dr. Paul Corona. And Paul is a clinical professor of leadership in the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. We also know each other because we're both MG100s. And so uh, that's uh, always an exciting way to get to know each other. Um, and so, so there's so much about Paul to say uh, that uh, I just don't know where to start. Paul is also the founder of the award-winning Lee's Three Habits System, which helps motivated professionals and organizations bring stronger relationships and achieve greater happiness. Obviously a major priority, especially with what we're dealing with right now. Um, as a lead leading global coach award winner, Paul was considered for the first Thinkers 50 Marshall Goldsmith Coaching and Mentoring Award. That, by the way, is the the, th the Thinkers 50 uh, awards have been called more or less the Oscars of management thinking. So congratulations on that, Paul. Uh, during the past 35 years, Paul has evolved from a business person into a performance improvement specialist. He previously held a variety of leadership roles in Fortune 500 companies, a big four accounting and consulting firm. So Paul, you and I have that in common and a major research uh, university. Paul, it's great to have you join us here today. Did I leave anything out of your illustrious career? I'm sure a lot. <laughs> no, you did plenty. And it's so great to be with you too. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time, Denise. It's great to see you again. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I am glad that you are among those of us who are really um, in tune with the future of work and, and trying to evolve our own thinking and the way that we help uh, companies uh, with respect to everything that's happened recently, uh, sociologically. So uh, thanks for being here. Um, sure. Now you've spent, uh, it seems like a lifetime leading others and then uh, helping develop leaders at both the corporate level and academic level. Can you tell us a bit about your journey as a leader, a mentor and leadership coach and how it's influenced your philosophy uh, today? Sure, I'd be glad to give you the short version. It's essentially been me paying attention to my heart rather than just my head and doing the practical, logical, responsible thing. When I was about 30 years old, I said, I also want to do something that I'm really going to find fulfilling. And that's when I converted from a business career into a career in higher education. And by following my heart and figuring out a way to make a living, it's all worked out for me. And I'm very excited about the opportunity to help others find their true purpose, find their full potential, and be fulfilled rather than just be on paper successful. And we know, Denise, we work with people who are on paper very successful, but you know something's missing. So I get to play in both spaces. I help people be successful on paper, but I help them become fulfilled as people. Mm -hmm. And, and how does that, that fulfillment and the pursuit of happiness manifest uh, itself and, 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 and impact business? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, in my opinion, when people are truly fulfilled, when they are on purpose and they know their why, they are inspirational leaders that can help people achieve greatness rather than just managers who are efficient, who help people hit their numbers. You know, a lot of us are proficient but not inspirational. So when we tap into fulfillment and it's authentic, then I think we can really engage and inspire others to greatness, help them reach heights they wouldn't have ordinarily reached unless we were serving as their leader. So the how of, of what we achieve um, is, is obviously very important. 
Yeah, the how, and if, if I would uh, even emphasize more the why. When we know our why, like you and I know our why now, mm -hmm. and it took us, you know, to get into our 50s to really figure this out and authentically tell people about it. Are you it. saying I'm in my 50s, Paul? <laughs> no, I meant to say you have the wisdom of somebody in her 50s, even though you are in your 40s and you look like you're in your 30s. That's what I meant to say. And so, uh, you know, that's a gift at this point in life to do what we do with Marshall's colleagues and Marshall's guidance. And I just love it. You know, this for me is a vocation. It's not a job or a career. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I was, uh, you know, as you know, we're, we're sort of at the forefront of technology, learning technology right now. Uh, so I'm at the helm of a technology firm instead of, uh, you know, just a, a diversity and inclusion firm, which is now a division of RevWork. And, you know, that transition has been challenging. And every time something happens that creates stress for me, that, 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 you know, where I'm losing sleep at night, I'm finding that I have to remind myself, listen, it, 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 are you going to enjoy yourself in this journey? Are you going to experience happiness and, and, and try not to control every little thing? Because if not, and the ultimate outcome is wild success, it's not gonna be you know, worth, worth the journey, um, right? I mean, do you Perfectly resonate said. with that? Yeah. Completely, completely. And uh, you know, how many people do you know who are really wrestling with the same sorts of questions or even struggling with the same sorts of issues? You know, uh, they've got it all, but something's not quite there. And whether it's exacerbated by COVID and the technology transformation that we're all having to deal with or some other key thing in their life, you know, it's great to help people figure out how to move forward the way that works for them. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's not easy. Yeah. It's simple, but yeah. it's not easy. Yeah. And, 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 you know, obviously you bring up the, the big elephant in the room, which is that we are in very, I don't know whether to call them interesting times or uncertain times, stressful times. I mean, in my lifetime, in the, in the several decades that I've been alive, I have never experienced anything like this. Um, you know, I, I'll just, you know, from our own personal journey, I'll just say that things were just, you know, tooling along with, you know, this inclusion virtual coach app that we developed, then came to a screeching halt with COVID-19, where, you know, enterprise POs just froze, then started accelerating, uh, you know, as we changed use cases in order to adapt to the times. And then, uh, you know, George Floyd and inclusion back, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, and um, I do wonder, you know, to what extent, uh, what, are, what are some of the tools that we can use to turn these challenges into opportunities so that we can go on and live our lives and, and feel happy and successful as we move forward? Yeah. So you and your colleagues are creating technologically advanced tools to enable this. From my perspective, I would just go back to fundamental human decency to honor and respect everyone for who they are and what they contribute rather than all these racial issues which society is trying to deal with and has been for centuries, unsuccessfully, I might add. And now there's going to be a sort of uh, hopeful uh, 
ethical and practical solution that people are working on even more fervently now. So to me, it goes back to the fundamentals of human decency, respect, and I think you and your colleagues are adding to that foundation the tactics of technology to really help people hopefully accelerate this and sustain it. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it goes back down to respect and uh, understanding of each other rather than disrespect and, and frankly, some ignorance that we all display at times. Paul, uh, what I really love is I love your micro movie. I love the handbook, the, you know, the workshop. Um, you know, I, I know, of course, that it's called Lee's Three Habits, but I think it pays to tell the audience, well, first of all, why is it called that? You know, what's the background? Anything you want to tell us about it? Sure. So the Lee's Three Habits system is designed to help people build stronger relationships and achieve greater happiness. And it works at work, it works at home, it works in our communities. And it's based on a real simple idea, Denise. Most people wanna be happier. The best way to build happiness is by strengthening our relationships. And most people inadvertently, unconsciously harm their relationships because they tell, talk, and take too much. So these three habits are the exact opposite of that. Ask, listen, and give more. Ask, listen, and give. And we do a better job of that as leaders, as people just moving through the world, nice things happen. Our communication improves, our relationships strengthen, and our happiness becomes greater. And you mentioned that we have a micro movie and I was really fortunate to have a great partner. I wrote the movie and the guy who animated it is Eddie Rosas, our friend from the MG100. Eddie is okay. an Emmy-winning animator for The Simpsons, which is not a bad partner to have. Now, he has since moved on to other things, but he animated this movie. So we make a, a satire of Americana. It, it works internationally, but it's mostly like a party at an American household, and you just watch people. You know that guy who talks too much at the party? That's Lee. So we transform Lee from a guy who's just too self-absorbed into somebody who's more focused on others, builds better relationships, and then the handbook and the workshops talk about actually how to do this and it's been that. fun it's been yeah. fun and and marshall goldsmith wrote the forward and and uh you know with his teachings and my life experience you know we created the system and it's really fun and it's helpful well i had this very uncomfortable experience when you first told me about this that i don't know if i've ever actually shared with you but i'm going to share it with our listeners and, and that is when you told me about, you know, this whole concept of tell, talk, take, I, I, I had this really uncomfortable moment of realizing that I conduct a lot of my life that way, you know, and, and I think it's well-meaning. I don't think I'm a bad person. I, I think that I just love teaching. So I'm telling, I love um, verbal expression, you know, so I'm talking. I don't know about the take part that I have to think about a little bit more, you know, that, that kind of stuff can come from way, you know, back at a deep place. Maybe you didn't get enough attention as a kid. I, maybe I need to talk to my parents about this. Um, <laughs> but, but when you told me about that and then, and then you phrased sort of the opposite, you know, the ask, listen, give, I thought to myself, Oh, wow, this is a very, straightforward, I, I don't mean simplistic in a, you know, you know, I mean simplistic in a helpful way because the brain can only, you know, intake so much uh, when it comes to transformation and, and, and learning generally. 
But if I focus on asking um, the people that I love and care about, um, you know, people that I'm in a relationship with, business or otherwise, asking rather than telling, I'm always going to win, right? Uh, if I tell, I might look like the smartest person in the room. But if I ask, then I look like I care. I'm empowering other people. Um, even if I'm teaching to some extent, I am um, more helping the person realize that they have their own answers. If I actually listen, not only am I learning myself, but I'm also um, transmitting to the other person that, that they have importance, um, you know, rather than double tasking or, you know, spacing out or thinking about my next response. And if I'm giving, and I know that this is going to sound a little cliche, but if I'm giving, I'm in a state of gratitude and fulfillment. So I obviously have enough to, you know, enough left over to give to other people. So I just want you to know, although you have contributed very positively to my life, that I, that was a very uncomfortable moment. I mean, have people told you that, that, that in order to embrace your lessons, that they have to be fairly, you know, vulnerable and, and willing to take some deep looks at themselves. You got it. I wish I could bring you on the road with me to do these workshops and help coach people because you said it perfectly. And I appreciate you being open about it and slightly vulnerable. And, you know, when people are able to do that and they realize, oh man, this is me. I can, I can get way better at this. That's the start. And you just articulated beautifully the benefits of making the changes. And it's not easy. And you don't have an evil bone in your body. And not many people are evil. And not many people are clinically narcissistic. We're just human. You know, humans back in the beginning of time had to be focused on themselves to survive, literally. Right? right? right. You remember scarce resources, fight or flight, predators, all that stuff. Now, you know, in the 2000s, we're not trying to survive. We're trying to thrive, right? So... We become self-absorbed so that we thrive. You know, we get another trophy or another promotion or a higher net worth, and it's just being human. So I'm not down on external indicators of success. I think they're fantastic. I'm saying this is an and. And yeah. I'm suggesting we really work on our relationships. We really work against human nature and instead focus on others. Now, that idea has been around since the beginning of time. But as you've said, what we're trying to do with this system is the three most foundational human behavioral habits, asking, listening, giving. If we do a better job of that in the context that depends on all kinds of things, I think, as you say, we're going to win and those around us are going to win. If we're leaders, if we're parents, if we're just friends. I mean, and, and, and I can tell just by observing other people, the people that I tend to like and gravitate towards and want to be around are those people, right? Who wants to be talked at, you know, who wants to, you know, you know, be with the person who thinks they're the smartest person in the room, even if they are. Even if frankly, they are. Yeah, exactly. Right? Even if they are. Right. And, and I think that, the, that there's a certain amount of confidence that's exuded as well when you are in that mode, because the person who is in fact asking, listening, and giving obviously has a certain amount of, uh, of, of uh, you know, confidence or self-esteem that they can actually take all that information in. 
And I think it's, it's apparent. And I think that people are attracted to it. Yep, exactly. And you bring up another great point, Denise. When we feel confident, when we feel comfortable, we're more likely to focus on those around us rather than try to prove to them how swell we are in so many ways. So when the pressure's on, we need to take a breath and be, remember these guidelines even more than when the pressure's off. And, uh, you know, a couple of real examples. I don't know if you actually knew Steve Jobs. Uh, we've all read the books and the articles and seen the movie. And, you know, he literally changed the world with his organization and his reputation is not always stellar in the right. way he did it. Now, I work with somebody at the Kellogg School of Management who happens to have been in two meetings with him. And this guy told me all Steve Jobs did was ask brilliant questions and listen in those meetings. Hmm. And then, you know, to somebody we both know, Harry Kramer, who's one of the CEOs in the MG100, who gave that fantastic talk to us last year in San Diego. Right, Harry was right. the CEO of Baxter, $12 billion healthcare company, New right. York Stock Exchange. He won Teacher of the Year at Kellogg later in his career. He's with Madison Dearborn as a private equity expert in the healthcare space. I've been able to move through the world with Harry during the past five years, helping him with some things, working with him on other things. And even somebody who hit the peak of a career, you know, a Fortune 250 CEO who's around the world, and by the way, who has five children at home, he is brilliant at asking people great questions and bringing out the best in them and then listening to what they say and helping them move forward in a way that makes them feel like they're owning their own thoughts, words, and actions. He doesn't force or become uh, hierarchical in any way. He's, he's masterful at this. So you got this abstraction of Steve Jobs and people like Harry that we have the privilege of working with in the MG100. And so it works, it, it works all over the place. And the serious research is on the importance of building these relationships. Now the way we do it is probably customized. The way I like to offer people is as we said, those three fundamental behaviors. So, so, um, so this, this may be a good segue to my next question, which is, you know, th th this sounds super easy. What's the big deal? You ask, you listen, and you give, you know, that, 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 that's simple enough. However, what I have noticed is that I will go right back into default, you know, because it's easier, it's, it's faster, it's faster to tell, uh, it feels more efficient. Uh, than to add, why do I need to waste time asking four questions when I could just tell with one sentence, you know? So yeah. what, what, how do we interrupt if, if for example, I, I do believe that there are certain uh, people, their personalities are naturally default to the ask, listen, give. But if you're not one of those people and you really do want to transform your behavior, what are some of the tools to use to interrupt the initial pattern and create a new one? Yeah. And, you know, you and I, I think, have similar personality type. And I've had to force myself to get out of that tell, talk, take mode over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so um, it isn't easy, even though it sounds simple. So you ask for what are my specific tools if somebody is, say, droning on and on, and you can't just listen to them anymore, or if you don't want to. So I get asked this question a lot, and here's what I always say. 
First of all, what's your desired outcome with this person? If it's an informal party, who cares? But if you're trying to sell your company or you're advising somebody at the board, I mean, what is your desired outcome? And is it worth it for you to listen to that CEO when she talks a little more than you want her to? Is it worth it for you to spend 10 more minutes listening to her because you will get the desired outcome? Or is it better that you interrupt her, let her know that you already thought of that three different ways, and here's what you recommend and cut her off, you know? Which is better in the long term? I mean, just, you know, use your long term lens rather than your short term, I'm impatient lens. That's idea one. Idea two is, and you know this, Denise, you do this naturally. When you meet with somebody, if it's all business, or if it's mostly business, talk about what success is gonna look like to them before you dive in. Talk about time parameters. You know, if so-and-so has five minutes to talk and such-and-such -such has five, then they're automatically constrained in a productive way. They can't talk on and on, and you don't have to interrupt them because they only get five minutes. So if you build in those uh, communication expectations, and you demonstrate more patience. There's a long-term vision and there's a short-term tactical tool. Okay. But what about me, myself? If I tend to be always the teller, um, are there any tools to help remind me to, you know, to, to ask? Yeah, yeah. And uh, tool number one, because I know you are uh, a great parent and you work to be an even better parent. If you were to ask your own children, for example, how can I be better as a parent? See what they suggest. If they say, hey, mom, you are the smartest gal in the room. Let us talk a little bit longer, though. Just let us, uh, let us share some ideas. You know, we're, we're younger. We're not as experienced. So the tool number one, I think, is to ask your constituents how you can be better. Then in the Least Three Habits system, we talk about a few things. One, post the reminder to ask, listen, and give as a screensaver on your mobile as wallpaper. Write it on a post-it note if you like to put it on the mirror in the morning. Can Ask, you give, listen. Can you give me like a little PDF or a poster or something? I'll text you the screensaver as soon as we're done with this call. Okay, thank you. So every single morning, you read your reminder. Ask, listen, and give. Read it once during the day. Read it before you go to bed. Now, this is not a perfunctory, oh, Paul said I have to read this. No, this is like, okay, really. I'm gonna do a world-class job of asking, listening, and giving today, professionally and personally. So you remind yourself three times. Then, at the end of the day, before you go to bed, you rate yourself. How well did I ask, listen, and give today on a scale of one to 10, 10 high? You're not gonna make me do that, are you? Oh, only if you wanna get better. If you don't wanna get better, don't bother. All don't right. do it. I get it. <laughs> now, people say, well, are you kidding me? I don't have time for that. I say, okay, well, don't, don't do it then. I say, you know how long it takes me? About 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I record it in an app. And then, I also have a peer coaching partner, Lou Carter, also in the MG100. Lou and I get on the phone every week and we talk about what are we doing well, what can we do better? And included in that for me is how well do I ask, listen, and give? Again, professionally and personally. So when you talk to somebody every week, like a peer coaching partner, there's implied accountability there. And you say, are you kidding? I say, no, I'm not kidding. Talk to this person 10 minutes, five minutes for you, five minutes for them. So again, review. Ask, listen, and give the reminder every day. Rate your performance every night. And then talk with somebody about it every week for a few minutes. What did I do well this week? What can I do better next week? 
but the powerful one that might be even greater for folks like you and I who have children who are trying to lead as best we can, try to be the parents we can be, ask your constituents, how can I be better? And they'll give you specific contextualized ideas that might be more valuable to you and to them. Okay. I mean, one of the things that, you know, that because obviously the technology that we've invented is on habit form formation, right? So I'm trying to make the mental leap to how I could use what I know about um, the neuroscience of behavior change and habit formation. And so, so I'll share with you what I've learned and, and then you, you can validate, you know, yes or no, but, but part of what you've been saying kind of fits in with, with what I've learned about the science of, of habit formation so, you know, so far. And the first part is that you really have to understand the context of why it's important to change, right? So you have to have enough information about yourself uh, or what's working and not working to want to make it happen. So to your point, you know, where you said to me, well, only if you want to change, 100%, right? If uh, I, I need to feel that it's important uh, to change and, and understand the context. And I have to choose to do so by making it a priority. And, you know, you've already said that. So I know that it's, it's part of your belief system as well. And the other, I think you've already, you've already stated as well, which is that we have to practice the new behavior in real time. So if, if I get that screensaver, et cetera, um, you know, the hope would be that when I get on the phone, when I talk to colleagues, when I talk to my team, that I actually practice those three things, um, and 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 that and that I have the reinforcement to do that by just looking at those three simple uh, words, uh, and doing it over and over again as a repeated action. And I guess the last thing I would say, uh, as you're speaking, that occurs to me is I really also do need to reflect on what I'm learning. So I need to make observations. Am I getting a better reaction from my team? You know, are, are people saying to me, wow, you know, thanks, Denise, I really fe feel hurt or whatever. Can I sense that this, this change, this transformation, this new habit is actually making a difference in terms of the quality of my relationships and the results um, of those, you know, the, the impact? I couldn't validate those ideas anymore. They sound great to me. And if, if I may add a couple to the uh, logic stream, one is, if we know our deeper purpose, our why, that gives us an explicit and a sort of subconscious reason to be better, to be the best we can be. So my purpose is to bring out the best in others. Yep. And it took me 57 years to figure this out and execute it, right? And that's cliche, but it really is true. It is a lifelong thing for me, and I'm still a work in progress like everybody else. So this is a reason for me to try to do a good job with my behavioral improvements. So I ask you rhetorically, Denise, do you know your why? Do you know your deep, deep purpose? I would bet anything that being a world-class asker, listener, giver can be traced back to that. You will fulfill your purpose even better if you do that. Yeah. And here's the other idea. And you've seen this, and maybe you also know some of the research on this. Oftentimes people don't change unless they have to right? There's discomfort that they can't deal with anymore, or there's pain that they can't tolerate anymore. I've been there. 
And that makes me try to be disciplined about my improvement processes. I don't want to feel discomfort. I don't want to feel pain. Now, if you want to be more optimistic about the human condition, sometimes people change when they see a benefit for doing so. And if the benefit is irresistible, you know, like they must achieve that. That's another more positive reason to stick with all this discipline. So whether we want to avoid intolerable pain or we have an irresistible benefit that drives us, I think that's a deeper and more valuable variable to consider beyond just the tools and the structures and the toys. Agreed, agreed. And uh, I, like I said, I've been both places. I've felt intolerable pain. I'm never going back. I have the irresistible benefit now in my life. I want to stay there. So let me ask you before we before we conclude, um, and and I, and and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot. You did offer to give uh, me the screensaver, which was so nice. Is there any way for our listeners to get to know you better? Can you um, can you send us a link to the micro movie or uh, to the Amazon link for the book? What what can you do to help our listeners get to understand your work a little bit more? Sure. Glad to do that. Our website has everything in one spot, meaning it shows the micro movie, which is only three minutes long. And the handbook can be purchased from Amazon, you know, paper, digital, audible, whatever you want. It's only a 30 minute read. And if I could have made it shorter, I would have, but I couldn't. Tell, tell people your, your website. Yeah. The, the website is lees3habits.com. L-E-E-S, the number three, H-A-B-I-T-S dot com. Lease3habits.com. That helps. That's where you can get all the stuff. Okay. Okay. Well, I, um, I saw the movie, gosh, months ago, but I'm going to look at it again. I, I commit to you that I will use the screensaver that you're sending me. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And again, to all those who are listening, if you have three minutes, I highly recommend that you watch uh, that micro movie and, and go to, to, um, to Paul's website. Um, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I don't know how to thank you enough. I'm taking time out of your schedule to, um, to meet with us. Um, this is the Leading Tomorrow podcast, and I am Denise Hummel. And... If you've enjoyed our conversation today, please don't hesitate to leave us a rating and review and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play to catch any of our future episodes. Thank you, Paul. Great to be with you, Denise, as always. I loved it. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be your partner. Take care.